0: brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. Hi, I'm Molly. So Molly, whenever we talk about certain girly topics like Pantyhose and high heels and lipstick. I feel like I, you know if you accumulate all of the details that I that I toss out about you know not liking pantyhose and do you like pantyhose? Don't you? Tights. Oh, it's different. Abstaining from lipstick, uh preferring flats over heels, and now we're going to talk about nail salons. And I will now share that I really don't like to have my fingernails painted. I probably sound like uh, quite a a dowdy dowdy Debbie. I'm just making that up. No, it was cute. Plain this Jane. Is, this is actually one of the beauty things that we're ever going to talk about that I have some experience with because I really do like going to the salon, getting a manicure, getting a pedicure. Yeah. I don't do it that often. I do like pedicures. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with having my toenails painted, but for some reason, whenever someone paints or I paint my fingernails, it makes my hands look weird. I don't know why. I do remember one time uh, my brother just got married and so I'd had a, a manicure for the wedding mm-hmm. and then like... um Like the day after something, I had a job interview and I normally don't have my fingernails painted. Normally, I'm just a toenail girl. Right. And I remember when I was, you know, talking in this interview and gesturing, I kept looking at my hands and being like, they're going to think I'm some different person than the person I am. Right. I'm not a fingernail girl. I'm not a nail painter. But then when you take off my socks, I'm like a whole different person. Whoa. Look at her feet. I do like a good pedicure. I just like watching the people paint your toenails because they do it so fast. I like it when they scrape off all the hardened dead skin on my heels. Oh, yeah. They always judge me for how much hardened dead skin I, I have. I feel bad for putting someone through that. but We're getting off topic. We are getting off topic. But one thing, Molly, that we might need to be careful of when they are scraping dead skin off of our feet, uh, death. Yes. I did not realize until we started doing research that salons are dangerous places. and Nail lucky salons. Nail salons. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get to hair salons later. Surely there's gotta be dangers hidden there. Sure. Um, but every time you walk out of salon, you're lucky to be alive. Right. I mean, I don't want to name names. Yeah. So let's, let's get right down to brass tacks, Molly. Are nail salons killing us all? Us all. Now that's the key word because I think what we're gonna find out is that only a very select few of us are at risk. There's no, if, there's no need to really worry. Uh, yeah, let's just start with the basics. Unless you we know. want a fearmonger. Do we want <laughs> a fearmonger, Kristen? Absolutely, all the time. So let's take this step by step, Molly. The best way to take it? Yes. Let's say you or I, or both of us together, decide to just go for a girl's day out mm-hmm. and get our nails did. <laughs> the chance of that happening seems so unlikely. Okay, but we do. First off, what we should do is we should probably talk to, like, a trusted friend to get a good recommendation of a salon. Because they are everywhere, and you want to make sure you go to a good one. Right. And by good, we mean licensed. Right. If you don't have any friends who know about nail salons, that... If you just don't have any friends. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to make that sound sad, but not everyone has a great nail salon to recommend. Look for all your licenses or check your local health department website, which will have a list of the licensed places. Right, because you actually have to go through 600 hours of super, supervised practice in order to get a nail salon license. And, you know, I'm not going to let someone touch my hand unless they have 600 hours of practicing it. Right, because... Actually, I probably would. <laughs> because, okay, so we, we find our licensed nail salon. We go in, we pick out our color. What color would you pick? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're getting ahead of it. You can't even pick out your color until you know if you're going to keep your real nails or get some fake nails. That's true. Let's get fake nails out of the way. All right. Molly, one thing I did not realize was that acrylic nails, while they really aren't all that dangerous, are nevertheless highly flammable. So, ladies, keep this in mind. And guys, too. Keep this in mind if you want to go fake, that you should stay away from things like hair straighteners, curling irons, stoves, open flames because your your nails could just burst into flame. Now here that's that's a good thing to point out. You can always use this as an excuse as to why you can't do any cooking because you have acrylic nails. But you know another problem that I bet is a, a little more common is that if you um bump your nails, mm-hmm. your acrylic nails and they separate from your natural nail, there's like a little bit of space and you know it can get down in there bacteria. fungus. Oh. Fungus and bacteria. Yes. That's what I call a double whammy. In addition, if your immune system is compromised for some reason, um, perhaps because of, say, chemotherapy or something like that, uh, or you have a history of fungal infections or poor blood circulation, you're also at a higher risk of developing an infection and you might want to uh, say no to the fake nails. Right. Okay. So let's say that we have said no to the fake nails. Yeah, no, we thanks. Have read the article on the site, howsoforks.com, are acrylic nails bad for my health, which includes all those reasons we just listed. Right. I mean, they're not that bad. It's not likely to happen, but you got to know what could I mean, happen. we're we're going with the fear-mongering route, Kristen. We're yes. going to say no, no fake nails for us. We've decided to get the real ones. Yes. And so that is when we shall pick our color. What color are you going to pick, Molly? I'm going to pick a deep, passionate red that has a slightly inappropriate name. Ooh, I'm just going to go with black. Because you're so moody. Yes. because yes. I'm very mysterious. Okay, now what shape are you going to get them in, Kristen? Well, rounded is the most popular, and I also like to do what's the most popular, generally speaking, in life. So I think I'll probably get rounded. But I want to point out that you'll avoid hangnails and ingrown nails by not filing the corners. Ah. So I, I might go squared. Okay, all right. I'll take rounded, you take squared. We don't have to do everything the same, Molly, as much as we like to. I think we should. Okay, so we've picked out our colors, then you pick your shape, and then you get to put your hands in a bowl of warm, soapy water. And it's not just because you fell asleep first at the slumber party, and they're trying to get you to pee in your sleeping bag. Not that that ever happened to me. (laughs) So they're softening your nails in this bowl, they're cleaning off all the bacteria. And, uh, it's essential steps so that then they can get in there and, and do their work. Now, since we're going the fear-mongering route and are highlighting all of the things that could harm us with nail salons, I think we do at this point have to point out something important about cuticles. If you are nervous about catching some kind of bacterial or fungal infection, at the nail salon, then you want to skip the cuticle pushing and clipping because when the cuticles separate from your nail bed, kind of like what you were talking about with the bumping with Mm -hmm. the acrylic nails, those are the little spaces where where the bad stuff can get in. Yeah, and there are a lot of organizations that say that just – even if the manicurist wants to do it, even if you want to do it, just leave your cuticles alone. Yeah. And if you're really paranoid, just bring your own equipment. Not that that would probably be annoying or anything for people working at the salon, but you know. Uh Kristen, this article, How manicures Work, says that people who work in nail salons are totally used to having people bring their own equipment. Oh, okay. It's one of the best things you can do. Obviously, I don't get my nails done enough because I should probably know something like that. But one thing, though, so we can't just ignore the feet, though. Okay, so we've gotten, our, we're getting our nails worked on, but at the same time, our feet are in those relaxing whirlpools and we're sitting in the massage chair. But those whirlpool foot baths can also cause serious infection with atypical mycobacteria, Molly. And the microbes can invade through any shaving nick or scratch on your skin. So when they're doing peeling off like the three inches of dead skin that's accumulated on my feet over wearing sandals during the summer, if they accidentally cut my feet even just a little bit, some bacteria from that whirlpool could get in. Now, sometimes cutting that dead skin off the foot, depending on the tool you're using, is illegal Oh. because you really can get cut. And, it, you know, if using a razor on your foot is sort of considered surgery. Okay. So some places they'll just completely rule it out. But I think you need to talk, if we're going to fear monger, we got to talk more about these whirlpools because they are full of, you said, of this bacteria. So if you are going to put your foot in a whirlpool, I've read a few things about what you can do to make it safer. Okay. Have them line the tub with a plastic bag so that the bacteria that's in the screen doesn't necessarily get into the water. That doesn't sound like a ton of fun to me. Mm -hmm. But um, find out about their their filtration system and how often they clean it. And basically, they should be cleaning it out after every customer using a solution that stays in there for about 15 minutes. So, you know, just don't put your... It's good advice for anything, not just the nail salon, but don't put your foot in anything that you haven't really inspected closely. Right. Because the number one most common infection acquired in a nail salon, uh, are warts. And a wart's probably not going to look too nice alongside your, your shiny new nails. And, uh, that's called, by, caused by human papillomavirus. Hmm. Yeah. And nail fungus. But basically, that's you got to watch the whirlpool. And the reason you would want to bring your own tools, which Kristen was poo-pooing, but I am all in favor of, is because let's say that the person in front of you comes in with a little human papilloma virus, gets on the tool. If the tool's not sterilized, it's getting on you, particularly if you've got an open sore. So if you go in and you've got a shave, don't look at me like this, Kristen. It's true. Open sores? Like, let's say you are getting a pedicure and you shave your legs and you nick yourself. Okay. That's what I mean by open That's <laughs> what so you refer to as an open sore. <laughs> open wound? Is that better? Okay, I'll take wound. Gushing wound? Yes, if you have a gushing open wound. But it doesn't have to be that gushing. Like that's what you were saying with the cuticles. If you push your cuticle back and you get, you know, maybe a little nick there. Mm-hmm. Entry point. Yes. Molly is also the health writer for <laughs> howstuffworks.com, as you yeah, might I- be able to tell. So we've somehow survived, uh, infection. We've picked out our color. I'm getting the rounded, you're getting the square, but no acrylic, thank you. So then we I'm want, skipping the cuticle pushing. And we're skipping the cuticle pushing. This is one thing that always gets me tipping. How much mm. do you tip? You know what? We have articles on our site. One is called How Manicures Work and one is called How Pedicures Work. And these were articles we were reading for this website. And I found this interesting. How Manicures Work recommends tipping 15% minimum up to 50%. Wow. And then pedicures just says 15%. Hmm. Okay. So, so at least definitely 15. Definitely 15. At least 15. I guess if you're BFFs with your nail technician, then go up to 50. But speaking of nail technicians, Molly, the real, the real people we should be talking about in this story are them. Yeah, you know, we're having kind of a lot of fun being fear mongers and saying that your manicure will kill you. But by and large, it's not going to. As long as you're careful with the things about, like, the open sores, but by open sore I just mean like even a tiny cut. And as long as you're careful with the whirlpool, chances are you're gonna escape most of the bacteria that's in the nail salon. However, however, the people that we need to be worried about, as Kristen said, are nail salon workers. And I know this because I wrote an article called Do nail salon workers have a higher incidence of cancer? I mean, when I saw that title, I was like, holy crap, cancer? Cancer. Yeah, because uh, nail salon professionals have reported common uh, problems such as skin rashes, respiratory problems, headaches, and reproductive problems such as miscarriage and stillbirth. Right. I was reading an article about how um, nail technicians, when they get pregnant, are just scared to death that something they're doing might um, affect their fetus. Right, because they're working day in and day out, possibly in poorly ventilated areas, with some pretty toxic chemicals. Right, and you know, the weird thing about cosmetics is they're kind of weirdly regulated. They're sort of in a gray area in that um, under the FDA, there's this group called the Cosmetic Ingredient Review, which evaluates the safety of ingredients in our cosmetics in the United States. But even though they say like, hey, an ingredient's unsafe, they have no authority to take it out of any product that's used. Yeah, and the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics estimates that 89% of ingredients in personal care products have never been assessed for safety. In the United States, as compared to the European Union, uh, we're far more lax about allowing these chemicals in products. Um, For instance, in the EU, more than 1,100 chemicals have been banned for use in cosmetics because they might cause cancer or reproductive problems. But in the U.S., only nine such ingredients have been banned. I know. Isn't that shocking? It's very shocking. But the thing is, I'm not saying that these ingredients are necessarily dangerous for everyone if you've just got them painted on your nails, as long as you're not you know, licking the nail polish off your fingers, which, which I do. I don't think the nail technician would let you, because one time I chipped my nail and she got so mad. Ooh. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, but just because they're safe for us to use, to have on our fingers, what we haven't looked at before and what these groups are not charged with looking at is if you inhale these ingredients day in, day out, in a salon that might not be well ventilated, then it might be a problem. So we don't want to say that you nail know, polish is bad for everyone, but if you work with it daily, it might be. Yeah, because if you think about the different glues that you would have to use, to applying those, uh, the fake nails, the disinfectants, all of that stuff, why don't we call out um, some of these chemicals and potential health problems they could cause. Okay. And I will start with benzene and methyl chloride, which have caused breast tumors in animals exposed to their fumes. Gross. Uh, Tululeen? I'm not sure how to even pronounce that, but this one's kind of scary because it will disrupt your entire endocrine system, which means all your hormones are going crazy, and it could cause dizziness, headaches, and damage to the liver and kidneys. Then we have dibutyl phthalate, another endocrine disruptor found in all nail polish that may endanger reproductive health. And phthalates are very controversial chemicals that I've had to um, write about for how stuff works. And I know that Canada and the European Union and slowly the United States are doing a lot to try to get phthalates out of a lot of these common personal care products. And then final, finally, um, let's highlight something you may be familiar with from high school biology class, formaldehyde. This carcinogen has been linked with fatigue, headaches, respiratory irritations, and cancer. So, bad news bears. Yeah, and um, they're only starting to look at this kind of recently, right? Kind of examining these uh, potential health effects. Uh, a group called the California Healthy Nail Salon Collaborative was formed in 2005, and it's the group that's really leading the way on research and outreach to manicurists to uh, make sure that, these are safe environments for them to work in, which I think is really important because it's a very fast growing industry uh, and we need to make sure they're safe. Right. But you know, what's been complicated in the past is the fact that this is a very popular job for immigrants, particularly from Asian countries. Mm-hmm. So that's why in California, especially you mentioned this, this group's in California, Asian immigrants make up 40% of this salon workforce. And so what you've got are people who may not speak the language very well. I mean, We don't, I mean, we speak English, it's our native tongue, and we still don't know how to pronounce toluene, toline. And they're concerned that immigrants won't know what to do if they do encounter a health problem, how to go about working with the health department to ensure that uh, everything is up to code and all of that. So they're really looking into this to solve those problems. So right now what they're doing with the Northern California Cancer Center and Asian Health Services is they're doing a bunch of studies. Excuse me. They're doing a bunch of studies that are actually investigating if these health claims that those nail technicians are making are linked to their workplace. Mm -hmm. It could just be other factors. You know, let's say someone smokes at home, then maybe that's why they're having respiratory problems. So first, they're trying to make that definitive link. Next, they're going to say, is it the workplace that's causing this? So they're having some nail technicians um, wear air quality sensors Mm -hmm. so that um, the sensor can tell how much ventilation they're getting, what they're actually breathing in. And then they're going to take all the results and compare um, this subset of nail technicians to the health records of the general public. And so they think that's how they'll be able to make these definitive links. We should have results in the next year. I'm pretty interested to see how it's all going to shake out. But as you're we saying, this is a pretty big regulatory gray area just because so many um, oversight agencies are involved. We talked earlier about the Cosmetic Ingredient Review, which is under the FDA. Um, the FDA can't ban products um, based on the hazardous work environment they create. They can only ban products that are hazardous to the people who are using them and consuming them. So just because a person works with them, they can't ban them. That duty falls to the Environmental Protection Agency and the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. And basically, they're the ones who can say how long a person can be exposed to certain chemicals before it's dangerous to their health. And these health concerns are particularly pertinent to women, as most nail technicians are women. And a lot of these harmful chemicals are fat-soluble, and women obviously have more body fat than men. So they're worried that these chemicals could be getting into uh, women's bodies, especially in the breast tissue, and possibly causing breast cancer. Right, because they are showing that these Vietnamese immigrants, when they come to the United States, they have, it seems, a higher risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're starting to make this link. We can't say yet that it's a definitive cause and effect. Right now, it's just a correlation. Um And, you know, there's just a lot of things to work out with this. For example, these OSHA guidelines, they don't take into account, you know, low dose exposure over mm-hmm. a long period of time. So there's... There's still not enough to say, like, yes, your salon is killing you. But I do think, though, going back to what we said at the very beginning, this is yet another reason to seriously check out whether or not your nail salon is up to code. Yeah. And approved and licensed by by the health department, because there's a better chance that it's going to be a safer working environment for the nail technicians. But, I mean, you've got to like, do your own homework, because when I was researching this article I think I read that California has, you know, in the tens of thousands of nail salons, Mm -hmm. they've got like 40 health inspectors. Oh, man. So they're not doing probably a lot of follow up. Mm -hmm. So all I can say is buyer beware. Yeah. Be a wise consumer. Right. So I think that concludes our, our nail salon. Fear-mongering. We've left the nail salon together, Kristen. Our (laughs) nails are painted. They look so good. And now we can't do anything because we'll mess up our nails. How will I cook and curl my hair? But you know what we can still do? Read our listener mail. Yes. Because all we have to do is click on the computer where it comes Mm -hmm. in. Just click with our giant acrylic nails. Yeah, let's do some listener mail. Okay. All right, Chris, in today's Lister Mail, we're going to talk just once more about female circumcision. One more time. Um, if To bring everyone up to speed, we did a, a, a show on the topic. Yes. Received a lot of mail from people who were not happy with the way we covered it. Yes. And then we have people who are now responding to those people. Yes. Um, this is from Lisa. She writes, I was surprised that you have yet to mention labiaplasty. This cosmetic surgery procedure is becoming increasingly popular among women in the West. It arises because women are displeased with the look of their vulva. I found an article from 2006 that does also mention that certain women do experience pain from their enlarged labia, but being a women's studies student... I, and some theorists that I've read, question the role of porn in this growing procedure, especially when seeing some of the aforementioned articles' lists of reasons given for women choosing the procedure, especially when seeing some of the aforementioned articles' lists of reasons given for women choosing the procedure, such as um, women have commented that their sexual partners have either made fun of the patient's labia or felt inhibited to be intimate with the patient. Uh, Why would any, and this is Lisa Varian again, not a quote from the article. Why would anyone's sexual partner make fun of the size of the labia? That would be like making fun of the size of your sexual partner's penis size or shape. Either way, I find that troubling. I know that the point of this procedure is ultimately not to remove or harm the clitoris, but it's about changing your sexual organs to fit in with society. Also, with labiaplasty, just as with breast augmentation, there is the risk of complications like lack of sensation after the procedure. But ultimately, my point is that this procedure is is presented as being a woman's choice. Whether it is or not is up for debate, and it is happening in North America. But it seems no one wants to speak out against this practice in our own society. So it would seem that in Africa, this type of choice is null and void for women, but in America, women may do whatever they wish with their bodies. And when it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter whether a woman is in the middle of an African forest or on a stainless steel operating table in North America, if she is being told that somehow her body is wrong or flawed just because it is natural. All right. Well, I've got one from Jamie here, also about our female circumcision podcast. And she writes, I've traveled quite a bit of the world, and while I'm an American citizen, I've lived in Africa for months at a time working in health research. Working side-by-side with women and men alike, I've found that you can't impose your American or Western ideals on the people there or anywhere in the world. One of the largest components of our funding is to try and educate about certain health issues that people might have the wrong perception about. Whether or not they accept that, though, is their own choice, and there's no getting, no use getting mad or telling them that they're wrong about it. If a woman is presented both sides of an argument on any topic, she should be allowed to make her own decision about it if that's that is her right on anything she wants to do to her body I agree that some women are forced into some things and we can do our part to try and remedy that but I've also seen women who are educated and not forced partake in things that we as Westerners would think was horrible and barbaric so thank you Jamie. And thanks to everyone who's written in on this and every other topic we cover. We love getting your emails. And you can send us one at momstuffathowstuffworks.com. You can check out our daily blog. It's called How To Stuff, and it's located at howstuffworks.com. Just as there are many articles about nail salons and fingernail health at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowstuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?